ITV's first ever podcast. I'm here with Neil Horgan. Thanks, Terry. Ex-Cork City. Good to be here. Ex-Pro player. John O'Flynn, another ex-City player, ex-Pro player. Great to be here. And Rob Lehan, ex-City player, ex-Pro player. Happy to be here. I thought I'd get you with that one. (laughs) But uh, so, basically what we're doing is a podcast and anything football, we want it to be kind of not structured like a radio show as they're saying to people and, you know, get our ideas out there and whoever wants to take it on board, you can take it on board. And as we said, questions for everyone as much as we get can. Get a chance to introduce yourself, Darren. So yeah, there. yeah, Darren Murphy. <laughs> uh, I thought everyone would know me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm Darren Murphy. I'm an ex-pro player as well, ex-Cork City player. I know these lads well. They have a great uh, four former, yeah, professional footballers in a room. If you yeah. want, if you want to call me that. Jesus. So again soon. I have down here just starting off about pre-season. Um, so pre-season was a tough time for me oh, anyone want to take that? Yeah. Anyone enjoy pre-season? It was always a disaster for me Right Yeah I, just, I can't do I can't do long running at all short sprints and grand any long running I just Yeah and pre-season generally like, is long yeah, running isn't it like the muck and yeah. shit like Has that changed? Is it now? Yeah it changed yeah. Yeah. yeah Like when we when I started playing in the late 90s early 2000s it was all running like, but I, I think often went back to it a little bit because I, I got Definitely. the start to his. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then it changed as the more professional got, didn't it? Play? Yeah, I think old school managers would still see it as you need to work hard. Yeah. You don't see a ball for two weeks. Yeah. But it's, it's totally changed now. Because you come back fitter. Yeah, yeah. You, you, there's no off-season really. You're, you're still yeah. training during the season yeah. or during the off-season your program and you know you, you get found out if you're coming back and you're you're not fit yeah. you're way behind the lads rather than before you could take the whole summer off and then come back and pre-season was you getting fit but now you have to come back fit and get fitter I think so I think though there's a huge gap between the professionalism at the top of the game and down towards your talking League of Ireland clubs and first division clubs and even down into local football being in local football now I think the hard running needs to be done that's maybe that's yeah. just my preference Do you think I, they've got it done already the top I, guys I think the top guys are so fit and they have so much um, you know equipment and the best of sports technology available to them that they probably don't need to do it, but they still they still do hard running but it's it's not shown you know mm. like they some of them will get up in the morning, go for a long jog or a long cycle, or yeah. they'll test themselves I'd away say, from the football. I'd say as well, though, with amateur football, you don't have the time. Like yeah. fellas, fellas working shift work, going straight to training. Yeah. Like if they don't do the hard run in that training, they're basically not going to get it done. Like That's they true. don't have time. They don't have time to go to the gym after training or do an extra bit themselves. Well, if some of them do, some of them don't. Like. But what I'm saying is that, you know, clubs are getting sucked into the sports psychology or sports not psychology scientist, scientist and you know they're they're doing short sprints short sprints are the answer just, what are you doing long running for just doing that you know and, actually, and you know yeah. like and and there's say a team wins the league like Liverpool win the league they're all doing band stretches in the warm up then everyone thinks you know oh they won it's the league fans. doing band yeah. stretches and you know which, everyone could do band stretches they're not going to win the league surely like with all the measurements in place and all that, the heart rate monitors and all that, they they know whether they're working, how fit they are. At a top level. At top level, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I, I know what you mean. That. Let's get into the sports science and 
let's do all ball work and you forget about that yeah, hard grafting. But yeah. you still have to do, you, you still have to have a baseline fitness. Mm. But you're involved in football as well. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, or coaches nowadays are thinking, oh, it's, it's all ball yeah, and it's all tippy tappy. Too far the other way. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's gone down yeah. to, to like lower amateur levels as well. Oh, no, as in the all football stuff has gone down to levels where yeah. they need to just be doing running probably. Like, you know, you've coached. Like I've coached, I've, I've coached <coughs> local clubs and like, I'll do hard running with them because I, 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 I think it, they need it and the benefits are there and you know I fall in with the hard running as well yeah. and like, I'm, I'm actually unfit but I can s- probably stand up to most of the running you know yeah. but I, I wouldn't be as fast as them but I'd still be able to do it longer you know, or you mean, know yeah. like that fitness is in me it's probably in mm. you and endurance. you as endurance yeah. Yeah. and I think that's going out of the game yeah. you think it's uh, yeah. so it, the, the threshold is getting lower of the endurance part and they're I just doing the so like I, yeah. I, I think a lot of the underage teams I don't know if you've ever been involved yeah. with any of them but I, I don't think the endurance is there is it it's yeah, when do they do yeah, endurance yeah. running yeah. you know what I mean they're all in Astros point, it's quick yeah. it's quick movements yeah. but then as you said a sports scientist or you know someone would probably laugh at me for saying are you for real taking people out in the did pitch? we do too much of it though I felt we, we probably did yeah. I did too much of it like I should have been doing strength work when I was concerned about winning the bloody fitness test yeah. do you know what I mean I should have been in strength work which should have been much more beneficial because I already had a good yeah. level a lot of that can be competitiveness as well like what you say you don't have the speed but you're not you're going to keep up because you don't want them to beat you yeah like because you play at a high level you have that competitiveness in you to not lose to anyone in the running as well like that can get you over yeah. being unfit sometimes I think like yeah, yeah. motivate you yeah, like, yeah. Like, as you like, spoke about the strength work there like you you're doing massive amount of it still, John and Rob, and I, I think it's massive benefit, uh, oh, beneficial huge. to your to your body as well. Huge. We didn't have that in our day, I suppose. Like I'd say, it's probably a prerequisite to have a certain amount of like uh, in duration. What you call it? Sorry, the heavy going running done. But after that, you have to build on it and do the do the sharp short stuff and the football work. But like you're saying, <coughs> it seems like at lower levels where you need to do the running because you don't have enough time they're just they're coming in bringing in football all the way and they're not going to get the, the running the duration running no. done they're trying to replicate a full time professional setup where they train every day yeah. and play at the weekend That's and they're it. playing they could play Champions League on a Tuesday night and play on a Saturday and then play again on a Wednesday and they can and do Sunday. football drills as much as they and want they're every they're already, day yeah. Yeah. but the amateur clubs then are trying to replicate that but mm. they train on a Tuesday and a Thursday night yeah and where are you getting your endurance? So they should just be doing hard running. Yeah. Like yeah. Like 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Or you know, it would probably be the most effective the thing. Like probably. Yeah, we, we had a preseason yeah. year year before last, and I thought genuinely, I was like, I'm flying fit here, like. Yeah. And I went into the first game, and I was blowing, like, because okay. that we did that now all like passing drills, oh, where yeah, you're going yeah. like, and you're moving the whole time, but you're never tired, like. Yeah, not blowing. Yeah, you're not. So you, I literally was after convincing myself I was fit like went into a game then and I nearly died like literally half time I was like I need to come off here like yeah and it's so important pre-season like do you remember when you had your best pre-season I, I know when I had mine like mm. I definitely had one of the best next few years after that almost if you build up a proper brace with strength yeah. as well like I don't know if you remember I do you know what I, I remember my first pre-season <coughs> in Stevenage when I went over there and again, they're at a totally different level altogether. But I suppose come come from Cork City probably was in his profession. We did hard running, you know. At but the Cork. Profes- yeah, but the professionalism wasn't there. 
and again I, w- I was probably young I was in a, I was in a different we were going out all the time so like you know there, there was that thing where the English lads are telling you when you go home and this is something to look out for as well for people they're telling you oh I'm going to do nothing over pre-season I was like yeah, yeah I was thought that was the gist because I was after coming signing in January and then June uh, when it came to going away for holidays I came back to Ireland and I went on holidays to Spain and everything I came back I was stone and half overweight <laughs> and I was thinking you know like everyone's going to come back here like unfit <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I walked in I walked in the gate of Stevenish for pre-season they were like who's your man from the bar after signing here like you know were, it was, I was an absolute disgrace like I was I was so overweight and they were all they were all fit still you know and then we went into the running and we did these runs they were like 70 metres and it was over 90 seconds and basically the lads were probably getting like 7, 7.5s uh, right. you, you counted every time you went up and down and I was getting 4.4s <laughs> I was like oh my god but Look, it was a huge lesson. But again, down to nutrition and stuff there as well. I didn't have a clue about nutrition that time. And it just goes to show how much education I have learned now. But back then, I didn't know anything. And it's just, you know, do other players know this as well? Like I was telling you, man, I did out a food diet for him. And I was thinking, like, yogurts and cheeses were good, you know, because I wasn't eating pizza or drinking fucking (laughs) beer or whatever. And And I remember... But that, this goes down to the importance of him as well. Like, he was taking the piss out of me with the lads, like, the English lads. Like, you know, oh, look what Murph is eating. Instead of coming along and saying, Murph, that's that's not right. Like, you know, yeah. I remember I put up Phil pasta. I thought I thought pasta was like, you know, this is healthy. Like, <laughs> it was like the, the Phil pasta with like chicken and mushroom and it tasted lovely with loads of sauce and everything. <laughs> I was eating that away thinking, yeah, do you know what? He's going to be delighted with me here. Brown bread and peanut butter. I was a food nutritionist. Was well, his job or was he a coach? I, I think no, he was he was like the the fitness the fitness guy in the team. He had his own gym, you know. He was into the, oh, the a kind of player. Oh, right. No, no, he wasn't a player at all. He was he was the fitness coach oh, like okay. at Stevenage. Okay, but there you go. It's 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 a valuable lesson you learn, isn't it? Yeah. So. I, I I don't know about you, but I, I you'd learn from other players more about how to eat the right things and do the right things, wouldn't you? Rather than from a coach, sometimes like you know, I was talking to. Yeah. Brian Cummins the other day, and someone he lived with or whatever was into it and cooked the right way and the sauces you eat and all that. Yeah. I'd say you learn a lot more being around the professional environment than maybe being told. What Rob was saying, it's like a competition. You probably know Flynn as well, the English lads are on you straight away. Like, you know, they're kind of mocking you that you're fat or anything straight away and you're you're kind of conscious about it then. You're like, right, I better just <laughs> here. Whereas, whereas, no one will probably say it to you in Cork and you yeah. just melt away. <laughs> Flynn used to say it to me, alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of when someone tells you to do it yeah, and you don't want to do it, you won't do it. But if you if you see. can see someone is doing it and they're getting the results and, you're, and they're training yeah. better and they're flying around the place and recovering better, you're thinking, oh, what, what's he doing? I want to do that. Yeah, that's where you want to get yeah. to. It's just we all have the human nature to say if someone's like you have to do this, you don't want to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. Automatically, automatically yeah. you don't want to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have that generic um, fitness and nutrition plan at the start of the year. Everyone yeah. does that and just does their own thing. But it's only when them fellas knuckle down and, and there you see them getting the benefits out of it. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a cultural shift, really. Um, I used to hate I used to hate preseason because of coming back and struggling with the running. You'd obviously get back into it then, but just that 
even the mindset of thinking the first week that is going to be, be awful yeah. and you're waking up the next morning and you're still stiff and you're thinking how am I going to go out and do it but again did you, yeah. like what I would have done to that night right uh, the wrong way probably as well I would have overtrained in the off season then <clears throat> so that when I came back I was very fit that's what ended up happening to players now because yeah. they're getting the programmes as they go in there's kind of no break there's no break they're getting exactly. fitter and stronger for it you can see it it's massive and when you come back the out. first week yeah. you feel great because you're way ahead of people mm. but you're actually doing yourself no good do you know you, you need, need that wrestling for rest. Well, like. yeah but, um, but uh, pre-season pre trips we'll talk about I, I remember just a funny one because look no names mentioned but <laughs> we went on a pre-season trip there one time you know the last night was like a night out and we were supposed to be like professional outfits or whatever. Me and you were sitting next to each other on the plane. There was there's a player right across the way from us and he was like green. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. green. Yeah. <laughs> I swear that was we could not stop laughing. Like yeah, that was I had a pain in my stomach. Actually, wasn't it, yeah. Oh my god, it was so Broad. funny. That was good. <laughs> yeah, and it rained the whole time when we were there. But uh, that was that was boom time as well in, in uh, Yeah, yeah. Like we we would normally go to Bantry or something for we were in Marbella yeah. for uh, pre season. Our, just trip was, our trip was to Ross Common. Was it? <laughs> yeah. That was our exotic oh, trip yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Did I went on a pre season trip with Port Felta at Lone. Really? <laughs> it was just the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're going at Lone? Are you sure? <laughs> were you the guy then, like. Great spot. Oh, that's right. I was. I'd be a good guy. I don't know where I'd almost. <laughs> <You know, yeah. laughs> I knew it was in the middle. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then. Uh, asking him, is it sunny there? <laughs> is it sunny there? Oh, yeah, alone. You played. I heard the lads thinking about that. Like, oh my god, they, they they were loving it. Oh, really? They actually loved that they were going to Ireland, and I was. Gutted. I was like, Jesus, like, about Athlone, like, I wouldn't mind like Cork or Dublin or something like. But Athlone, I was like, but actually, it was a lovely place. We actually were training then in a gap pitch, which was quite strange. Okay. So, um, we played a team called Shivan Rovers in a friendly. And I remember uh, the gaffer, Mickey Adams at the time, he said, if we put 50 passes together in the game, that he'd let us out because we were only allowed right. only allowed out for an hour each night or something then he was going to let us out for four 50 hours 50 consecutive passes 50 or? consecutive yeah, passes and we actually thing. did it we actually did it yeah. <laughs> of course he yeah. did it one yeah. night out yeah, yeah. lucky for 250 yeah. would have done he did, it. The, he did the exact same thing to us up in Sligo did he? I, co yeah. I couldn't even tell you what the team was called now it was a Sligo junior team like yeah. said to start the game if you get 50 passes you definitely have family up there or something, yeah. Yeah, we got a we got to forty nine, so I felt it was controlled out for a draw. Oh. <laughs> so we dropped in, we could see the last minute equalizer or something like <laughs> yeah. It's pretty hard to do, is it? Fifty passes. It takes Which, ages. Yeah, yeah, it takes ages. But yeah. we did it well, yeah. Did it well to kind of controlling it around yeah. the back. Oh, I didn't yeah. want I didn't want the ball to come to me. It's yeah. Too much responsibility. <laughs> Get rid of it. That'd be like a little kind of honor thing there if there was video around then, like you know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be good to see because it's it's not it's not that easy to do even for. At Freshman side against, like, the, I'm sure they're local amateurs, eh? But, but yeah, and, and the pitch could be bad or whatever, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah a video of that 50 passes and then cuts to the night out. Yeah, <laughs> what the reward yeah. was. Yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. a good video. He changed, he changed. his can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he changed the 11 then at half time. And I remember going up to the stand to watch it, and it was actually there with Tyke uh, Purcell, who played with Cork yeah. City before. He was on trial at the time, and we were watching the game, and uh the second half and you know they were like buzzing you know like a local team yeah. 
and they actually put a chance together or whatever and you know all the line was like oh no no I, was, <laughs> I swear to god I was I was in stitches pure like Irish reaction gar reaction like you know what I mean I was like stick it over the bar <laughs> we have him now <laughs> we were embarrassed give him a run give him a run give him a run Derek was embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> we're all like that lads we're yeah, not yeah. Yeah. we're all like that excited about it it's good that they were delighted to, to come yeah, it was great, yeah, great for them to be honest. Yeah. But uh, were they looking for the night out? Is that what they were? Oh, they were, they were loving it. Yeah, night out, like uh, have a couple of Guinness nearby or whatever. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Words, like, yeah. would they have chill out? Probably done their preseason in, in in England. Would they have not gone to anywhere? I don't think so. I probably, yeah, apparently yeah, yes. So like, this, you was know. Their tri- this was their. Tri- Although saying that, at Stevenage we went to um, La Manga a few times. Yeah, right, right. yeah La Manga is yeah. a great place actually. Yeah, yeah great. Uh, did you go anywhere, Baron, at that time, or, no. or Exeter? Exeter went in... Exeter is like Spain, in a way, in the summer, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Nor- we went to Norway. Um, it was only a early trip. Mm. No. Any pre-season trips away? No. God, no. Uh, I think there wasn't enough money at Cork City when I was there to go on a pre-season yeah. trip, like... Yeah. So, yeah, we went to Galway, and we had Athlone as well, actually. Did that loan for they got hockeyed. That loan are not bad. Yeah. They're decent football. They were actually, they were, I think they were the bottom of the first version at the time, though. They're so it didn't bode well for a season. Yeah, like. <laughs> but they're good footballers up there. Yeah, they're into this. Yeah, like, but uh, a few questions there on the Facebook there from the fans. And this is about the fans. So. <laughs> okay, so the first question is from Clara Haywood. And it's a bit of a heavy topic. Jeez, here we go. Go on. She uh, loves heavy topics. Uh, how do you feel about the fact people are saying sports stars and everyone else in the public eye are jumping on the mental health bandwagon to try and attract attention and stay in the public eye by saying they've suffered from breakdowns slash depression? I think it's something that's coming out now a lot is the mental health and depression and a lot of people do suffer from it. I don't know about a bandwagon. I don't, I don't think, look, if there's people doing that... I, whatever to them but I'm just talking about my own career and I think everyone even in this room if you go through like a, a sporting background there's going to be there's going to be times you're going to be under like pressure. under pressure or depressed and stuff football is is like that for me anyway I'm like if I lose a game even though as a manager I I can't sleep that night or the next night or anything I'm thinking yeah. this is the worst this is the worst thing in the world and then you win a game and just speaking look you know I'm a young coach now a young manager I think you know, I'm doing my badges and stuff and I'm excited about it and you win a game and you think in your head, geez, I could go to England and I could make a difference in yeah. Man City or Man United. It and you're lying if you don't huge. think that yeah. because you're, you're you're not in it if you're not doing that. Yeah. But then you lose the next week and you're thinking, oh my God, I should, really, I should go in to college again on a course or something and <laughs> concentrate on that. You know, you do it's this. Funny, yeah. there, well, probably, there probably is a, like, a small percentage of people do it for the attention but overall people coming out talking about it definitely doing more good than it's doing bad like, definitely yeah like there's probably a spectrum like people look at footballers especially how he's making so much money he's doing all this how could he be depressed but like that doesn't affect like people's mental health at all no it's like all spectrum as well like what's depression to one person could just be a bad week or day to another person like true like it's all perspective like I think in football as well like I definitely agree with you Darren I think that like no matter how much money you're making like you could be feeling like the worst in the world 
I think even if there's one percent or two percent of guys who are making it up, it's definitely a positive thing that people are talking about. Because when I was playing, nobody was talking about mental health in football or their feelings. That was yeah, the last yeah, thing we yeah. wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, unless like, they hated you. Yeah, <laughs> let so, you like, that wasn't right. Like you know, that wasn't yeah. healthy in any way, shape, or form. Um, but we we had a sports psychologist. Remember, uh, John? Um, uh, we used to call him Mr. Miyagi. Charlie uh, <laughs> Tracy is a great guy. And I definitely used them, and I, f- I got a great benefit, not just in football, but in, in life afterwards. Like, I actually speaking to Canis Kennedy. <coughs> He's um, a Ron Parkey sports psychologist. And we'll actually try to get him on the podcast now sometime because he, he does have good info, and it's a good input. And I think now, look, the younger generation coming up, there's a lot to handle and there's a massive transition now at the moment between like managers and coaches whereas we would have took a lot of like shit off managers and mm-hmm. you would you would have dealt with it and you would have gone on <coughs> whereas now you they can't show to them because whatever way they they weren't children when they were young <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> so they're just what they call them Manelli, yeah. or whatever they're called yeah. like you know it's they're there's Everybody's a different gone, way of dealing with them. Everything's gone too PC, and that's you have to be careful. Any uh, anything you say now, yeah. it all like come back and bite you. Like back in the day, people would have been arrested for what they were doing. <laughs> back in those days, you just had to get on with it. Probably yeah. should have been arrested for something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like true. Yeah, there's a balance, I suppose. There's yeah, a balance. Some it's good that like things aren't hidden under under the rug anymore. Like as well. Yeah. But at the same time, things have got so globalized and. Twitter and whatever like yeah. can't but I think t- toughness I, th- I think it made me mm. tougher going to England and, and being under that scrutiny and okay. you know having to live up to standards all the time I think lads now are too soft mm. you know not not all but majority you, you just tippy toeing around you know obviously mental health is a big issue now and people have different feelings and you ha- you know like being a manager now I'm a manager of a, of a club down in Wexford and you have to be the father figure, the motivator, the shoulder to cry on, the physio. The, like there's about fifty four different jobs to, to be a manager. It's not yeah. you're you're not a manager. You're, you know, th- yeah. th- there's so much involved in that now because you're you're taking every individual's personality and yeah. thinking Think- mental health wise as well. You know, he needs yeah. to kick up the ass, but you can't do that to him. He needs to be. You yeah, know, yeah. And people react to things different ways. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the biggest thing now that we're taking individuals rather than just saying you're all pack of whatever and just you know. Yeah, I always, I always like Stuart Ashton was my manager under 19 in, in City, and he used to give me dogs abuse. But then it spurred me on as well because I was like, no, I'm gonna shut him up. Like, yeah, he's not gonna have anything to say at full time. Hmm. But then but I someone else they go into the shell. And some people wouldn't yeah. wouldn't react positively to it, and yeah. it, it could be the end of them. But I, I think there's a there's a massive gap in mentality in footballers now, especially in Ireland, because with the game going so athletic and Irish players are normally known for their athleticism, there there'll be a huge opportunity I think for young Irish players to go across the water. But what will get them, I think, is the being mentally strong. And I think if you're mentally strong, you definitely have a chance of a career in football, whether it be in the Premiership or down along. There's massive monk of like you know con- different countries you're talking Holland like Europe uh, you've got um, Australia America where there's a Options, chance of earning yeah. a living from the game 
but if you're not mentally strong, you're you're not gonna make it. Like yeah. you're gonna get dropped. Like every you're gonna get dropped. You're gonna get left out of the team. You're gonna be injured. Mm. It's like football. And if you're is living away yeah. on your own, that's gonna be tough. Like I remember yeah, going on going on well. trials when I was a teenager, and obviously you're going in trying to take this person's place in the team. So they won't pass you the ball. They won't talk to you in the dressing room. Yeah. You are very isolated when you go over there. Like obviously I never got signed over there like to E, but. That was that was after, that was very hard for me even for one or two weeks. I think, so yeah, I think you got to be strong in your own personality yeah. and know the know the person that you are. Like I, I went to England as a non-drinker, an Irish fella coming in. Yeah. In nineteen ninety nine and two thousand yeah. and we're into stereotype. Yeah, there was a couple of Irish lads in the first team, and again they're the biggest drinkers. You know, you're not. They, I used to say, you could say you're just, not Irish at all. Yeah. You, you don't even drink. Yeah, yeah. So I could have I could have buckled in and said, oh, I'll have a few yeah. drinks, but I, I never did. Then I, I was the fellow dropping the lads into town and then collecting them because I was the sole yeah. owner. And then why I became more. Why did you never did? Why why did you like? Where'd you get that strength from that you didn't? Go I don't know. I never never got into it when when I was younger, and mm. I always thought if I'm not drinking, I'll have a longer career or I'll be better than the fellow who's yeah, waking up tomorrow good. training. Where'd you find a meter in Flynn? It's the way my finger wandered over. Don't worry, Flynn. I, I represented Irish <laughs> for another. Yeah, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like if if you're assured of the person you are then you know mm. and like even growing up in Ireland and not drinking with the lads I used to head home for to watch match of the day and stuff like that then it became oh he's the fellow if anyone new came to the group it's like why isn't he drinking yeah. or and it, oh he, he's he loves and, soccer and you were you were actually somewhat exceptional in that actually I would say because even when we were playing in whatever 2005 2006 and we were out like and you were thinking like, oh, there's Flynn, he, you know, he doesn't drink, you know, I'm whispering it, right? But then he beat the fella having the best time yeah. in the early, <laughs> genuinely. Like, it's yeah. okay, he's having yeah, a great yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is he drinking? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, but that's the thing, when I came back from England then, or even like years after, my buddies would be saying to me, I wish I'd never drank. Yeah. Now, now I feel like when yeah. I go out, I need to drink yeah. to have a good night. It's like, you know, I wish. You were very advanced in that. Yeah, I he think was yeah. as an athlete, as a, and from Ireland, like you know, the young lads now, even at City and stuff, are, are like that. They're you know, they, they're very changed good, to be too. fair. Yeah. yeah, they're they're not drinking. They can see yeah. a future in it, which is excellent. Mm. Like, yeah, I think you, know. you have to be now, or else you get found out. You wouldn't yeah. have got found out before. Yeah, because the the, the levels. Yeah, the majority times. of the people were yeah. the other the majority way. Majority the other yeah. way. So when yeah. when you're in the minority, then that's when you need to say, all right, make a choice there. And the game's changing; it's gone that faster, like in it. Have you any other questions from the fans there, guys? Um, I have one on Twitter from Brian Leenan. Um, with National League... Brian, big fan of the show. In Ireland, going down as to as young as 13 now, at what age do you think players should focus just on soccer or would playing other sports at an age at a young age help their development? That's a big um, <coughs> question now around the place. And I think, again, <coughs> as we talk, and this is going to be opinions... And I find that I talk to different people around like the leagues and you know, from both sides from the the League of Ireland clubs and the local so clubs. Right. And every time I talk to someone, someone else has a different point or a good point to make, you know, and you're thinking, Jeez, I never thought of that actually. How is that gonna work out? Like, you know, or you know It's complex. It's it not, is, it's, it's very it's not it's not easy. Yeah. Like and you're talking about turf as you thirteen year olds travelling around the country and Having played GA myself in hurling growing up, I definitely thought it helped me, to be honest. I thought it was brilliant to be playing multi sport. I played all the way up till uh, 
senior really eight in you know adult football I didn't sign courses till I was twenty essentially a contract so there are so many positives you can take from playing other sports but I don't know I think there's a time when probably thirteen for me would be too early mm-hmm. to give up and focus on one sport unless you didn't want to play the other sports right but in terms of the the what do they call those skills that you can transferable skills like from Gaelic football I was definitely a lot fitter than the average soccer player mm-hmm. playing at, at the same level and I think there's a, there's a thing Gat can, can kind of make it tough and certainly physically tough um, and hurling that most some soccer player you could you could see it you know you could see a, a soccer player who's who played Gat because he get up and he'll go fly, flying in not all the time but yeah, generally yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I would be thinking looking back I'd probably if, if you wanted to optimise it maybe focus around 16, 17 I think 13 is for me it's too soon to be picking one yeah I'd, I'd be in the same I think leave it up to the individual yeah. as a pushy parent saying you have to concentrate on soccer now you're at Cork City under 13s you know no. but I think the way it's gone if I'm, if I'm looking back I would play it ga hurling I was doing karate um, then soccer came and then I kind of decided alright soccer has to come first which is your which choice my own choice yeah. yeah which I think is, is probably the better road yeah. to take but I think as you say the transferable skills skills from mm-hmm. e- e- you know each sport or even athletics you know yeah. I think it's athletics a brilliant one if you can if you can you know do athletics and play soccer you're going to have an advantage going forward because it's so it's so athletic based game like I think if you're a standout if you're yeah. if you have the transferable yeah. skills yeah. Yeah. you can play yeah, you can play soccer yeah. you can play basketball and you can play the problem then is overkill isn't it yeah like, but I mean everyone you have that, that coach then who's going to say alright we'll have them for him for the game and you could play them sports mm. rather than saying no you have to be at athletics yeah. Monday night Wednesday night Friday it night to be and then, yeah mm. you you have to be in the guy and then they take over you're probably doing too much then yeah but if you have that laid back person it's probably one in 50 one in 100 young players who are just raw talented at everything at everything yeah. and a, a coach is be buzzing to have that player so you give him the time the challenge you have isn't it though that like in soccer now the, you know one of the ideals coaching is that you're getting so much football or whatever ball time every day from soccer mm-hmm. so I think you know where do they go like say Portugal FC Porto whatever that they're training twice a day soccer do you know what I mean I don't think Ireland should ever try and replicate that because we have a multi-sport background that kind of works but it is a challenge between staying unfocused on one sport really like they're getting the benefits of, of, of playing one sport aren't they like massively versus they're, yeah. they're probably missing out on the multi-sport thing there's probably a clearer pathway over there as well though yeah like if you're at Porto it's just literally step by step by step yeah. But in Ireland, if you're playing for Douglas Hall or Cove or whoever, it's kind of unclear. Do you go over 16? Do you go to Cork City? What, what, where do you go, basically? Yeah. Like, That's the difference, really. Yeah. And I think, the, like, we're talking about these countries, right? And they don't have, they, they have obviously multi sports. Every country has multi sports. Mm. But football is a big thing in a lot of countries. And a lot of countries have big teams or they have teams with money. Whereas here, you don't have teams with money. No, you don't. It is the right way to go, I think, for a kid. <clears throat> if he's ter- 13 or even 10 whatever like he's putting his 80% of his time into football because it will and we all know that it will benefit you when you're older 100% but again I can see it, the kid has to make that choice himself then you know you have, you, you, you have to approach a kid and say like if he's on the cork under 11s and he's really good you say look 
you know, you, you have a chance to earn a living in football because you can earn a living. You can go to college in different countries as well. Yeah. It's not just, as I say, in England. But again, there's there's no there's no platform here for that. And I don't, I, I honestly, I can't see it. I can't see it coming. I think the underage structures are a help. Like, I do genuinely I think they, think are, they, are, they are. And I think they're moving in the right direction. Well, you look Money is the, is the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah because 100%. you think if you have under 13 players for the whole season, under 15, under 17, at the end of the season, a club from England can come over and take that player. And there's no compensation and it goes to the club. They have it set up where they're trying to get the mm. underage going, but it's still not 100% there. It's still not probably not even 80%. Yeah. You know? That, it's that's this, where it's a start though yeah. it is a start but you're right I don't think there it's nearly they're, they're running into trouble now with the you know they're taking they're taking kids at like under 13 or and then they're releasing them for under 14s back to the local so club, you go back to under 15 back to then. under 15s I know a couple of clubs have gone the route of you know taking players for two years which mm-hmm. is what Cork City do right there but let's be realistic there's a rule at under 13s that you can't take two years back yeah. So that's the problem yeah. at the moment. You right. can only take one year. Okay. So it means you're releasing a lot of guys at under fourteen level. Whereas if you have yeah. an under fifteen team, you have half them who are thir- fourteen year olds and half them thirteen year olds or whatever. Yeah. For under thirteens you have to take at the at the top uh, age group only, which means yeah. twenty guys are gonna go down to ten guys at under fourteen. They need to change that. Mm. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'd like to see the stats of all the league clubs there now. Obviously, the 17s and 19s, that's been in about, it's been in over two or three yeah, years, is 19s it? 19s was 2012, because I, I spent the first year of 2012, it. 2012-19s. That yeah. was the first under-19 season, yeah. The stats, like, how many 19s have gone into the senior teams mm. of, of clubs? Yeah, probably yeah. Cove Ramblers probably topped that, because they do use a lot of their 19s, but I can't imagine the rest of the clubs. Do and either. Cork City would have had successful teams winning their own leagues and winning the Cups underage yeah. levels, and then you think the transfer should be there where we they make a step up. We won the double, not league and cup double, the two years I was under 19. And Gary Buckley and John Kavner are the only two playing with Cork City now. Like. Two isn't a bad ratio. When you think about one it. One from my age and one from. I think two isn't a bad ratio if you're an English club. But I think, I think it's a disgrace over here. Like, we're, like you know, like if, you're, if, if that's your sole purpose is that you don't have money and you're looking to sell the players, you have to take a chance. Bring them young lads through. They're young. They're raw. They're going to get a chance to play in the league. You take your budget down. You concentrate then on building your own grounds. Like, you look, Cork City and Cove Ramblers don't have their own grounds. They don't own their own grounds. Mm. Like, buy a ground. Rockmount have a ground. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, but they don't pay money on I wages. I know they don't pay money on wages, but yeah, you, sure you, you, have to, you have to from give it somewhere. Like, again, aren't they? They're, Limerick are back in Jackman Park um, this season. Like, um, let's let's, let's yeah. be, be honest. Yeah. Cork City are six... A bad six months, probably seven months away from going bust again. Like if they if they had a bad six seven months, I don't think anymore. I don't force co-op. They haven't ran it that way. They've kept money. They're conservative. Like so, I don't think they're they're talking about budget this year. How should that make a difference to them? There's no like you know they're not overspending. Is is the point? But again, I think you're right overall. Like the league, like you're looking at Niall Quinn. There, he's a great man, isn't he? You know. uh, would throw two million into each club. Imagine throwing two. There'd be fellas going around in serious cars, <laughs> managers and chairman. But and if they structured it properly, it could be good. You need right people at the top. So you're putting yeah. the money into the facilities. You're putting the money yeah. into like you saw with like Bray, the academies. Like Bray two years ago signed how many five six players on two year deals. Everyone knew that was not going to work. Yeah, like yeah. And then look at them now. They couldn't pay wages last season. They're doing the first division, barely signed players. 
if Niall Quinn gets that two million quid in, into each club, I will come out of retirement. <laughs> get back playing. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Well, so going back to the younger players, I think for any lads now coming in playing with Car City under thirteens or under fifteens or under seventeens, like that that's massive. You you think for Irish football you know, you go to England and you play for one of the non league teams there or the League Two, League One, whatever and there's a fella there, he was at Arsenal when he was younger, like you know. Mm. But that's the equivalent of Rob being at Car City when he's younger. But we don't see that like yeah. that's his yeah. local club. I think you could be an, an average player over in England but Man United is your local club and you're a half season play. Yeah. You're at United's Academy. Yeah. He was at United when he's younger. Yeah, and we true. think that's a, yeah. a big, huge thing. But he was at Car City when he's younger. Like yeah. that's, that's top of Irish football. Yeah. Or yeah. even go down, he was at Middleton. You know, we but don't see it as that. It's like... At City, you get a lot of those fellas coming over on trial. Oh, he used to play for Arsenal. He used to play for Man United. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's like, could, oh my God. Like, it, they're not good. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're expecting big things and but then they just don't do anything. But we hold that in such like, yeah. English football and the, crazy. oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, Arsenal. A trial, someone who had a trial with some club and you're like, right, do you ever play <laughs> Yeah, but football? these lads have been with Arsenal since they were under seven. Yeah, yeah. And they got unbelievable training. Then they come over and they think they're going to take the piss yeah. in Irish football. And it's true <laughs> but I think you're right I think like they'll get there you know it ju- it'll take time for the academies and support they'll need money like and I think as much as you can criticise Nell Quinn for kind of coming in out of nowhere and having all these ideas about the League of Ireland suddenly it's not a bad idea to put money into the League of Ireland from the state and you would ask maybe why the FAI have never tried to do that like because it's for Irish football not necessarily for League of Ireland this is for Irish football yeah. that this would this would link everything together if you had money put into kind of academies around the country that would link school wise with the League of Ireland. I think that's what they I think they got in Australia. The government or the FA or whoever give each club a certain amount. Yeah. And then they can spend more if they want to. Or if they have more they can spend it. But just so that there's a minimum level that they can make money still and improve facilities and do everything else they need to do that they're not going bust. Yeah. Overpaying players and everything. Yeah. But who else is saying anything about Irish football or League of Ireland football? He's been proactive and he, yeah, he's getting shot down a bit, but there's, there's no one else out there. He's not he's the got a few people who were. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's trying to get to some. Martin O'Neill, like, when he was talking about Johnny Maguire, he, he, he was being positive about the League of Ireland in a way that was really, in my eyes, he was looking down at it. Yeah. He was pretending to be positive and he wasn't. And he was, look, his job was to get, uh, you know, results for the, for the national team, but it should be more about Irish football, like. And so, fair play to Neil Quinn. For like, because there's no one of his, you know, presence that has come out in support of the League of Ireland as as a as as part of what will help Irish football. Like, has has there? There hasn't been anybody else who's, who's done that. No, I think social media has made a huge kind of boost for it. Like, obviously, no no one as high profile as probably Niall Quinn has yeah. come up with a suggestion like that. But there's lots of fans every week, you know, suggesting true, you know, different different points of view and. They're giving good points of view, and it's definitely helped. You know, it's definitely helped. Like I mean, if if Twitter and Instagram like and Facebook were around when we were playing and stuff like that, yeah. it's even good advertisement for players and stuff. To it move. is. I mean, like, Sean Maguire did have a great season. You know, he was getting called for Ireland, but if you go back to the league when we were playing that time and the the quality that was there, you know, the video footage and stuff, would fans be calling every weekend? He should be in the Ireland squad. He, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just it's a huge advantage to them. And I think it's a huge advantage to the League of Ireland, and now they should use it. But I think at the top, maybe are they 
are they kind of not into social media and don't having you know it's kind of a younger person's game yeah. It does feel like the FBI is kind of older organisation. Yeah, or are they not using not, it or would yeah. they be like, oh, f- your man said this on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otter Jack him, I don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we, uh, we have another question there from Brian Neenan. Um, have any of you ever hid in bushes spying on opposition training sessions? Your thoughts on the whole deal uh, you know, saga? I was talking to Darren last night when he was talking about topics for the show today. And yeah. That that's what what are they call that's by yeah. Do you remember when we were in Europe, John, with uh, Pat Dolan, and uh, Pat was really organised, right, about everything, and would like go into the last detail about the other teams, uh, like he knew the guys' wives, what <laughs> uh, what they were, doing. but um, he got people to look around the stadium the day before in Europe, uh, European fixture, you get to train in the stadium, right, as you guys know, so when we would train in the stadium, he would get, uh, like I said, Duncan Lennox and other people to walk around, and these just were big stadiums, right? To walk around <laughs> up to the top, and say, I can see something over there, and, he, <laughs> and make sure they weren't spying on us, which was quite advanced, actually, if you think about yeah, it, because yeah. they, they probably, it probably did happen a lot. True. We had a, I think that came from Malmo, I think, but then we had a game in Sweden, and we trained in Norway, Remember? Yes, we went to Copenhagen yeah. to train. We trained in different countries because yeah. we didn't want anyone to see. He didn't want to. Like it yeah. was that mad. It was. And then because people were looking in the stands from a previous game, yeah. that's where he was getting the was, the thoughts from. He made, on about that, he made Benno and someone else have a fight. Remember, right at the end of the training session, George, George and Benno. He said yeah, Benno went higher there, and then they were giving it as if fight. you know there was a big ruckus in the camp, <laughs> and we were all over the place, but we were laughing about it afterwards. It was planned, you know. It was smart. Yeah, yeah, it's good. They won the game. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that uh, Spygate stuff you know with the, the Leeds manager it's a weird one because technically he didn't do anything wrong because there is no rule for it I presume they're going to put a rule in now to stop it yeah. but that's the thing he was kind of flaunting it like what What are you going to do to me like I didn't do anything wrong and being honest about yeah. it as well the same. so I've been yeah, doing it since too. too. I think the farm managers though it was more the English managers it's the farm managers were kind of saying uh, that's done all the time. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. I think the English manager's kind of never done it, right? So you definitely got an advantage of looking at players and and coaching sessions. Yeah. You know, to prepare for your game. Like, yeah. who are they playing up front? Probably a bad, probably a bad call from the spy to wear a legionated hat, though. Was <laughs> <laughs> he? <Yeah. Is> he? <laughs> <laughs> legionated hat standing in the bushes. <laughs> Some great memes coming out over there. <laughs> I miss them. But like the, his press conference, then afterwards he showed the, the background work that he does on each player. Did you see all the notes? Yeah, up on but Harry Wilson, wasn't it? Oh, it's, it's, it wasn't even playing. Oh really? But yeah. like just on he has work. he knows every player, every position of any opposition team, mm-hmm. and their last twenty clips from and oh like yeah. some of the research and stuff he does is, is just actually crazy. Just to show the detail that yeah, he must yeah. be going into and. And getting and getting yeah. uh, reward from yeah the detail like it's amazing hard work pays off I suppose that's what they say <laughs> that's what they say <laughs> the old adage <laughs> eat your sponge for the hairy chest well. <laughs> so we've, so we've that, we're moving on to our next topic here and Neil thought of this which is a great one is how to be a professional footballer so so far you're after getting run in the muck and shit <laughs> <laughs> spy on your toughen opponents toughen up <laughs> mentality wise what else can we add to it well I'd like to know John O'Flynn's version of this or, or Rob's actually before because I, I came yeah. up with the topic like, yeah I think so we'll go to John there first Um, I just think you have to 
like when I was saying about lads not being as tough as we were back in in, in them days, I don't mean as in strong tough. I mean, like mentally. It's yeah, mentally. It's it's too easy now just to like I'm, I remember getting in the, in the first team with Peterborough training with the first team. It was like the best day of my life. I bring it bring it home saying oh, fuck. They asked me to train the first team. Imagine lads now you get you get to train with the first team. I, I, I never have a chance of getting in the team. What's the point? Wouldn't even show up to training. I mean that kind of toughness or like really wanting it like when I signed for Peterborough I had been over trials with loads of different teams but Peterborough I was over there for a month and then they, I got called back and it was kind of like a final trial to see who they were going to sign there was about 10 of us there and they whittled it down they signed 2 of us out of the 10 but we all thought we were signing we were over there right. to sign so they done one final session where they oh my God. they done um, a shooting session so it was balls in Dan Ashworth at the time he was um, quite high up now in the English FA but he was the the main fella in the, in the youth team at the time um, head, head of the youth structure he was there watching and we were feeding balls into the, the coach he was setting them back and we were shooting there was no goals in the or there was no nets in the goals keeper was in but it was there was five pitches we were in the middle pitch so you'd shoot you'd score or you'd miss and your ball was gone okay they were what you they were actually up, looking yeah. for is the fellas who had that enthusiasm to go get the ball, and it was me and another fella, and we were just shooting ten balls would be gone, and then you we we'd be running and going getting the ball, bringing it back in, not even thinking thinking I just want another shot, where other fellas were like trying their shoelace or looking away or whatever, and like they said to us after that, me and him signed. It was it was just that little, wow. so their their little fractions were, if another fella done that, I mightn't have got signed, or you know it's it's real small fractions where as they say, train the way you play or always play to your best because you never know who's looking or you never know. You actually do, you don't never ever know because it's the, it's the tiny little things. And it was, he told me that two years later and I couldn't believe it because I was thinking, really? I, I, I couldn't and they might have made really up remember their mind it. completely. Yeah, yeah, that, that was it. So it, it is the small things, but... Um, That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. How about you, Rob? What's your tip to become a professional footballer? Uh, I don't know. Cans, anyway. Stay away from the cans. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Wrap it up. Gospel. <laughs> no, I think you have, like what Flynn said when he went up training with Peter for first team, not, don't be thinking, shall I never get in here? Think, I'm going to get in here. Yeah. Like I remember when I was on still, it was my first year under 19, I went up training with the first team in City and uh, I fucked Aaron Denny out of it for not passing me the ball because I was after scoring three or four goals Brilliant. and I was like "Keep get, get, give me the ball give me the ball I thought he was going to kill me <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tommy Dunn called me then after the training and he was like that's exactly what I want to see from you like, yeah, he was like he should have given you the ball like you were right don't be afraid of any of them you're here for a reason basically just don't be shy don't be afraid of anyone or don't be too shy to put yourself out there like bit of confidence yeah I remember my dad used to always say to me it's actually better to be the worst player on the pitch than to no one remember you were playing yeah, that's a good point, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's a good point. They like, keep getting yeah. on the ball, no matter how yeah, bad you're playing. very good one. Keep getting on the ball. And I think football is such a weird game. I've gone through 20-odd years of being a professional footballer and seeing lads who never, ever had a chance keep going, keep going, keep digging away, and next thing they get their chance at an over because next thing there's four left-backs who are in front of this fifth-choice left-back who's in the U-team. have like Two of them have a bug and two of them get serious injuries, and they... 
are yeah. all out of their lone players and next thing your man gets a chance and he's yeah. in and you're thinking wow I've never seen this in that player yeah. and he yeah. makes a career out of that yeah. Yeah. football like you got to there's big setbacks and there's big highs but in the the medium term you have to take the setbacks and be ready all the time because yeah, when sure. you get that yeah. chance you have to be ready the season you the season you came back from England to City that pre-season I was playing with UCC John Coffey asked me to sign because he never saw me play senior football basically so I went out did well there so he signed me but he said you're not you're not really going to play but next season we're looking for you to be kind of breaking through but then pre-season Danny Marcy got injured Michael Rafter got injured and Elding got injured and they were all out for three, four months. So suddenly I was second choice striker, yeah, yeah. and I got loads of games and did well. Like and then because you were ready to yeah. well, like like John was saying, you weren't scoring yeah. important yeah. goals. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, So yeah, it's it's like, such a weird sport. Like if I got it, if I had the attitude of oh, I'm not gonna play, I'm not gonna play. Yeah. Then suddenly I'm not ready. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll he, be ready next year. Then, was, yeah. then he would have signed yeah. another striker. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just giving your me a chance, he would have signed someone else. Yeah. So your chance might come when you don't expect yeah. it. So you have to be ready the whole yeah, time, yeah. essentially. Like, it does come when you don't expect it. It's yeah. that time where you think, oh, I never have a chance, and next you get your chance, you have to be ready to take yeah. it. Anyway. <laughs> and I think we're, we're talking about it, how to be a professional footballer, and you could probably do a whole YouTube video, hour or two of sprints and different drills and stuff. But as it, as we said, like, I think attitude is a huge thing. And I remember I went on trial uh, Sunderland and I uh, actually spoke to Colin Healy when he was over there it was a massive thing for me he probably doesn't even notice but made a huge like difference in my um, career path I suppose he actually broke his leg at the time but I went over to Sunderland and I went over Forest and Trial and you know I was I was, pro- I was young but I was I was th- these players are okay but I was I was too nice over there and I remember Colin when he came back he came back from fitness or whatever he came back to Cove then when I was there and a training session and I actually ended up marking him after meeting him a couple of years before in England I was thinking I was still this kind of you know like I was a tough player in games in Cove so that was my game it was like you know tackling hard pace power but in training I was kind of this kind of you know I was kind of nicey and you know like not high tempo and I remember healers came into the session like and I was marking him obviously he was two of us in the middle and he just nailed me a good few times like you know and I was thinking this this lad doesn't like me at all or whatever but it was he's nice as pie and after and, and it kind of it kind of clicked with me then no do you know what next time I go over there now I'm going to put myself about and not be this shy Irish guy or whatever do you know because you do go over there it's a big you know you're around these stars and stuff like remember Forrest there was Michael Dawson or Andy Reid and you know you're just kind of like you're you're like even at Sunderland big stars Mick McCarthy actually met Mick McCarthy he was the manager I'm going out for my training session with Mick McCarthy here he's the manager it's so surreal and you're just like you fall into kind of the this kind of zone whereas as you were speaking about make yourself known like because then I went to I went to Stevenage on trial that time even though it was a conference club I still I put myself about you know ran my bollocks off in, yeah. in the session or whatever they were they wanted to sign me you know and it was like you know this is a professional career for me. This is what I wanted, you know. So it's a big difference there, isn't there? What your learning was like you had to be yourself and not care kind of who was around you or whatever. No Garrick Farley when he when I asked him of this kind of question who because he played premiership like and the guys what's the difference between you know, Garrick was brilliant, left footed, you remember him. Um but in terms of it was about attitude as well, but it was about the guys who ma- who made it and stayed in the premiership were the guys who when they walked in to the training ground they knew they were premiership players they didn't think about it they just wore it 
and they didn't feel out of you know they made even if they did they made themselves feel like I belong here you know I think sometimes you can have too much respect for other people That's on the pitch I mean, yeah. like mm. not you're not putting yourself down but you're thinking fuck the fella I'm playing yesterday is good like yeah so I'm going to be up against it instead of thinking I'm better than this fella which is probably the, that's the right way to go out thinking, but... He's probably thinking the yeah. same about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, it's a mind game, yeah. really, isn't yeah. it? Like, a lot it of it. A lot true. of it is a mind game. So, but it's funny, we not, none of us have spoken about, like, in terms of how to be a professional footballer, about skill or anything. It's, it is all... A, it seems to be, you know, you get a, a certain level of skill, and then it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mind game then after that. I think if you're... If you're kind of at a certain level about th- thinking about being a professional footballer, and then the talent is there, you know. Mm. Like, um, again, our hope to be a professional football guide is not something that you follow with your attitude, and you're going to be like a professional footballer. I need to stress that with everyone out there. No suing here. You have to have some kind of talent. Yeah. You have a level to get you over there, but to yeah. make a career. Yeah. You have to have that yeah. that extra bit of this. So, next portion of the show is a s- weird story from Rob. Oh, yeah. Rob has got a weird football fact or a story. A weird story, yeah. Interesting. Interesting, very interesting. It's actually a. Well, he opens a box <laughs> with <laughs> a <laughs> hamster in <laughs> it. Great, it's a hamster. Leroy Rossinger in 2007 was sacked after 10 minutes in charge of Torquay United. He got just got announced as the manager and during the press conference a new owner took over, <laughs> bought the club and first thing he did was sack him. Really? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. 2007. Torquay. <laughs> <laughs> just got a big job. <laughs> 10 minutes. How would you react? Tap. Yeah, you're just the thing. I don't know. Tap on the shoulder. <laughs> Look at you with right. the last of the yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contract 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 win win. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get paid up. Pay out there. That's a huge, huge important question. Well, another, one, another one happened with Mickey Adams when he was at Fulham. When uh, Mohamed Al Fayed took over, Mickey Adams was after taking over as caretaker manager the year before, signed a big contract, four or five years. Your man took over. And he wanted to bring in uh, Tigana, so he fired Mickey, Ta- Mickey Adams, gave him all contract up front. Okay. So he was delighted because <laughs> his reputation took no hit. Yeah. Because he didn't even manage a game, got all his money. Didn't manage a game. No, could probably take over another club next week, like. That's why Mickey Adams <laughs> was driving into training in a brand new Merc all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's a decent guy, Mickey Adams, though. There's a lot of money to be made by, by managers and getting payouts, isn't there? Actually, like so Mark, Mark Hughes has made twenty two million from being fired in the last really? five years or something. Because the fans watch yeah. out and you're like, yeah, great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> four or five year I, deal I don't know how they're time. giving managers yeah. four or five year deals now, though. Yeah, well, if you think they're going to bring your club to the next level or whatever. Like the only cases where it's probably a good thing is like the likes of Pochettino, because yeah. he could leave or whatever. But how often does that happen now? Like, yeah, maybe we should do a section on how to be. A paid up manager become a manager and then like get your family go around the stadium like don't don't go yeah. and say the spies and be yeah. like he's, he's terrible and they get him out train Alan Pardew as a guest Alan Pardew's still under contract in Newcastle is he what did he get a 10 year contract 8 year contract smash Jesus unbelievable no one the boss in that yeah Pardew no one the owner though he's yeah yeah, fair play, fair play. So cheers to that, Rob. I actually, you know, my dad kept like 
loads of newspaper ah, cool. stuff. Like, nice. I, I kind of got a chance to go through it. Give well, I didn't go through it. Back. I got a chance to take it out of the attic or whatever. This is the, the reason we but, uh, have the podcast. Like the so, yeah, reason. But obviously, <laughs> everything in this is about me. But there's still other people in it. So, you know, <laughs> maybe you might get in there. <laughs> No one can see, but Mark started getting really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> so, here, is this, is this you? That's you there, Hoggy, is it? It is. It is you. She's eyes closed. We're getting candy stripes. Owen Morrison. Yeah, so we have here, in this is from the Star, Friday, June the 20th, 2008. Good times. That's when I dodged, place. I was just getting out of there. So, Derry Sitter, oh no, we'll go. We'll just go straight to the, so Derry Sitter, winger, Owen Morrison. <laughs> Any of you remember Owen Morrison? Yeah. yeah. Is all set to step into Celtic bound Paddy McCourt's boots. So as you Paddy was leaving around then. Interesting story. So the article here for me and City is Mystic Man Cork Star Murphy is confident. <laughs> Mystic Man. Mystic <laughs> <laughs> Man. So we'll hit we'll hit top four M. Is that meant to be Murphy? Rebels up for a fight. Cork Mifile Star Murphy gazed into his crystal football and predicted a 12 point haul from Lee Sider's next four games actually I remember this he's actually not reading it either he just remembers it yeah, I yeah. actually remember it and you know what it was, Mar- it was Mark McAdden <laughs> yeah. wrote it I think it was but it says here Ken O'Connor but anyway we were playing uh, I think it was a UCD in the one of the games and basically we were going up in the train I opened the star and it was like double page when we were going up for the game and it was uh, use me like? you yeah page three <laughs> <laughs> it's double spreading mark <laughs> use use <laughs> me picture. use me as a as a as a, like a team talk or whatever or did Darren Murphy say this basically we had a meeting remember we used to have meetings with yeah. Matthews yeah and he he did it like a business meeting look we have a goal here to set the out goal setting was really good yeah so yeah. I got an interview then after and I said look we're after setting down as a team here in the squad and talking about the next four games see if we can get twelve points. And then it's like straight away. That's the story then. Darren yeah. Murphy says, that's why we're doing this podcast, cut you journalists out. Darren Murphy says we're getting 12 points. No, oh. I, don't th- I don't think he was. Well, okay. it, the sto- look, the story goes, we, we were playing UCD. I was splashed all over the papers saying that we're going to get the 12 points in hockey UCD. So then we went up there and Pete Mann used me in his team talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we went out and it didn't work, Pete Mann. I'm sorry, we beat you 2 0 and I set up the winner. So. Yeah. <laughs> well done there. It just shows you've got to be careful what you say. Yeah, <laughs> true. So, yeah, so just just going through some names interesting here. Interesting story, Tart. Yeah, interesting story. Yeah. Actually, George, George, John story, George O'Callaghan scored the, the winner there. He's, he was uh, playing that time. You. You played with um. You both played with George, fantastic player, player, wasn't he? Player. His quality, wasn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. In training, I remember I only kind of when he came back to Cork City that time he was he was excellent. I remember he squared a. He went around the keeper and squared the ball to me up in Derry for a tapping like. <laughs> yeah, squared it. He even took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's how like unselfish he was. She was first great. Two years. Uh, duo. Yeah, like, you were first great two years. Thing. It's very yeah, exciting. Yeah. Yeah, like you come back from, wasn't it the ITV digital thing that yeah. kind of happened and, and a lot of players came back? I don't know, were you just before that or, or whatever? Just, yeah, I was just on that. On the yeah, yeah. time. We both came back and summer soccer happened then. So we, okay. we had no real time to say, oh, yeah. the whole summer here, waiting to go back to England. We just started playing straight away. That was brilliant. Yeah. 
uh, Liam Murphy's manager. Mm, Liam Murphy, yeah. yeah. Was that 2002, 2003? 2002, 2003, because yeah, it started it was in June and we went through to 03. Yeah. But then it started yeah, in, straight away again then. Yeah, so it started 03 with a full season then, okay. then 04, you know. Yeah. But it was broken up into 02, 03 when we signed it. Why was that because of TV it was that they changed it originally? Uh, no, because of the pitches, I think. Was it? Yeah. And, and you get crowds in, I think. And crowds, yeah. Friday Night Football. It has changed it, it changed it majorly, yeah. I think, you know. Like, if you think of the the athleticism of the players now, like, when I started playing, guys weren't as athletic because the ball, literally, the ball would get stuck in the mud. <laughs> and it was more important how strong you were in tackles. Yeah, yeah. Rather than how fast you get around the pitch, really, like you'd have to survive. Like, so I think summer soccer has modernized the game. Pitches change, like, and then the players adapt. Yeah, and then Murphy, uh, Murphy's still reading about himself in the paper. Yeah, any other John Wayne you, know, you write in and lasso someone. <laughs> here, Pete, man, get over here. <laughs> Darren Murphy is snippet every week. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get used to it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you should talk about as well at some stage in future weeks about you know being in a professional career and the time spent not doing nothing and and coming to, towards the end of your career. Then you're thinking, what am I going to do? Or I've yeah. no qualifications or That's that kind of thing. that kind of path. I think yeah. that'd That's be good for. Thing. How have you found that, John? I I kind of to like put everything into 8, 12, 18 months where I was thinking I, I don't really know what I want to suddenly, do suddenly yeah kind of, suddenly yeah. I've and that only kind of happens to you when you're like in your 30s kind of yeah mm. when I get back back to city the second time mm. done a PT PT done my UFAB done a neuromuscular physical therapy yeah um, satanta college strength and conditioning so I, I, I packed a load of stuff into 12 or 18 months where you think over my career when I was 16 you train at half 10 you're back at 12 o'clock True, yeah. and like that time you could be doing so it many could. different things and tipping and away like you know? training yeah but it's, it, I suppose it's a naivety when you're young as well you think ah oh, you're, you're going to make it you're going to be the best but it's it's, it's when you don't Later make on. that career where it's going to sustain you for, for the rest of your life and very That's few people you do yeah yeah few, like you had a great career so like you know very few, few people would have had the career you had so imagine guys who didn't even get that far and, and they who went over at 16 and possibly you know, did you, did you have a leaving cert? No, junior no, cert. Junior cert. Yeah. So did you come back and do your leaving cert no. or anything? So like that's kind. Of, if you depending on what you wanted to do, it yeah. could be a barrier coming back. Like yeah, that is people are, to be talking. People about. are probably different now, but I I just know from myself that I would think back and think that as well. But I'm actually a different person now than I was at a younger age. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have had the interest to do it. Do you know? Yeah, or I I don't know if I would have gone through it. Yeah. Like now. Like I do the coaching badges and stuff like that, and you know I've had, I've had so much experience, life experience as well in yeah. in in other aspects where I can settle down now, or you know I I can put a report together or put a training session together, and you know kind of have a somewhat professional. But if I was seventeen or eighteen, would I have had interest in doing that, or would I just said, oh this no. is scrap? So people are different, different people at different times, and maybe that's why you do kind of get to an older age and you pile on the courses mm. and stuff like that. No harm though if someone was telling you like look just get it get this done you know yeah, well, my dad always said to me about doing badges and I was like yeah 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 good one do you know like yeah. you don't want to be a coach you don't want to be a player <laughs> yeah you know? I, know, I know yeah but it'd be interesting to yeah. say the likes of Leon Joe Gamble George yeah. if you get ask 
every one of them what, what was the yeah. age where you said oh god I need to do something yeah, 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 yeah. When, or, when did that happen yeah, yeah. And, yeah. What, and what were you thinking then was a panic yeah or yeah. you know did you have a path where you said oh yeah. you know because we all want to stay in sport as long as we can the, the coaching yeah. badges facilitate that yeah give yourself a book at half time there sometimes isn't you a book books <laughs> 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 out <laughs> <laughs> Waterstones, anyone can buy them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically, look, we're going to wrap it up there now, but uh, thanks, lads, for that. That was brilliant. Thank and again, you. we'll come again next week and try to get as many episodes as we can. But again, it, it's down to people, you know, sharing it and advertising it and getting us out there and asking questions. And again, it's a huge opportunity for people to see the inside of, you know, sport or professionalism or players we're going to try to get as many players as we can on but again some players are probably with clubs now and I find and you probably find it as well that you can't speak the same in football sure, just as like, you can like, out like, football like what you said about that article like you have to be careful what you say yeah. exactly like obviously we're not going to be printing it anywhere but you could say something by accident and it could come across the wrong way yeah. Yeah. so people just have to be careful as well it's like social media things are coming up from people's twitter pages 10 years ago and, yeah. and they're getting done for it now so you just got to be careful so yeah probably any players who are playing at a decent level now probably needs but like w- what we're trying to make out is stories you know it's not like an interview we're, we're yeah. going to share our stories yeah. so any if anyone has more questions or stuff that they want to know more about that's what you know it's we're here to, to tell yeah. stories to, to people rather than I think the fans just hit us up again at Fans Voice TV Twitter uh, Instagram or Facebook you know just 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 tweet at us just Instagram us or, or say something on Facebook just come out there again as we spoke about the under 13s under 15s under 17s loads of people have different opinions, opinions and there's yeah. lots of topics to cover because um, there's gambling in the sport and you know there's there's the professionalism the nutrition again the psychology and look we're going to try cover it all as much as we can but again we we're, it's only our opinions here I don't I don't represent I, I don't represent any company or club or anything like that and it's the same for the lads here with me these are just our opinions and just having a chat again we want to see we want to see people disagree with us and give us another point because <laughs>